Today's Tanya for Gimel Tevis is continuation and the completion of chapter 6. Al-Tarebbe has explained in chapter 6 the counterforce in the world, the Zelul Mazah of the Nefesh Alekis, which is the Nefesh of Ahamas. And just like the Nefesh Alekis has 10 soul powers, 10 faculties of the soul, which are used in order to reveal and express and experience godliness intellectually and emotionally. And likewise, there's the three levushim, the three garments, the three external expressive form, kalim levushim, that allow for the, the soul to interact with the physical world through thought, speech, and action. Likewise, when it comes to the Nefesh Bahamas, the Nefesh Bahamas also has ten soul faculties, and these ten soul faculties are used primarily for klipa, for, for sitra achra, and uh, it's predominantly emotional, and it uses his intellect as a form of self-justification or scheming how to enhance their emotional um, negative energy. And uh, likewise, they have the three levushim of Machshavati Brahmaisa, the thought, speech, and actions of unholiness, of impurity that is completely engulfing the person when he's involved at any particular moment in things which are not for the sake of God. Al-Tareb explained that the idea of Kedusha is something which is completely bottle to God. Bottle here, as we explained, means complete incorporation, complete unification with godliness, where the person becomes a a complete um, soldier, perhaps, could be the analogy of where the person is just a vehicle through which godliness is expressed and revealed throughout the world, and therefore there is no will on it of the person of themselves. There is no independence of the person himself. The person identifies strictly and only as a vehicle to reveal godliness in this world. And the power that one has, every Jew possesses, to have this inner ability to be completely bottled, to be completely given over to Kedusha, the Altarebbe says that every Jew possesses this, at least in a state of potential, and sometimes it actually comes out in cases of Messias Nefesh in actuality. And therefore, the Altarebbe says the power of one Jew learning Torah, and ten Jews collectively, the power of creating an environment of Kedusha, which is the idea of having ten Jewish people, just the mere beings of ten Jewish people, resides within that space, the ability for the manifestation of Kedusha. However, the Rebbe continues now, He says, however, anything which stands independent of God, feels its own independence, therefore feels its own self and is focusing on self other than God. So then at that point, the person is not imbued with an internalizing energy of godliness. Rather, the person is imbued with this concept of Ucharayim. What is this concept of Ucharayim? So the marshal that's usually described later on in Tanya is the example, a person, some, when a person wants to communicate, let's say, or do a favor for someone, so if the person that he's doing the favor to, he likes and appreciates and wants to do the favor wholeheartedly, so then he goes and gives it to him in a very open, generous, front, front manner. However, if the person, if he just wants 
the person to, to survive and to exist, but he doesn't have any really deep meaning for that person or deep connection to that person, so he throws it to the person, he gives the person uh, the, the gift or whatever it may be from behind him. This idea is better understood perhaps when we understand in our own relationships that the, the communications we have with those people that we feel close with, the people that we feel are on, are on par with our thoughts, our, our feelings, our understandings, are on the same wavelength perhaps. So then there's a very deep feeling of connection, a very penious type of connection, and there's a flow of energy between the two. And that flow of energy enables to be a very healthy relationship. Take for example, parents, the way they relate to their children. If there is a positive flow of energy where the, where the parent feels and the child feels this connection on a, on, on a level of panemius, where they sense each other and they relate to each other on a very real level and where the parents and the child are in sync with each other, so then the relationship and the flow of energy that's, be that's being transferred between the parent to the child and likewise the other way around is in a very internalized, very enlivening, very rich and very um, positive flow of energy versus if one has to speak to someone, have a relationship with someone merely as a necessity, let's say a business partner that you can't get along with and you're just having a relationship with a person just strictly because you know that this person is going to advance your abilities to make money or whatever it may be, so then your relationship with that person is very external, very superficial. You'd rather not spend time with that person, but you obviously have to interact with that person in order to keep the relationship, the business relationship going. And therefore, the, the relationship is, as we said, very external, very superficial, and therefore it's not a real genuine type of relationship. Furthermore, the relationship on that level is where you only give off to the other person a very external, very limited, very uh, selective energy, a very selective form of yourself. You don't, you don't open up to that person, you don't allow that person to experience your inner world because your relationship with that person is on a very external, very superficial level. And likewise in Kedusha, in the holy spheres of Kedusha versus Klippa, the relationship that God has with the Jewish people based on the Nefesh HaLakis is this very internalized, panemius type of relationship, a relationship which is generated through a very deep connection, a connection of etzem, as we explained in chapter 2. And therefore, the flow of energy is in a state of absolute, complete unification and in a state of panemius, where the very essence is communicating and is revealing and is expressing into the essence of the Jewish person. And that's the power of being, in, being in completely incorporated and unified through the powers of Kedusha of the Nefesh HaLakis. Versus when it comes to the Nefesh of Bahamas, the side that's not of Kedusha, so then that relationship that of the energies of God, the vitalizing energies of God, is sort of like their business partner relationship. God wants the human being to survive, so therefore God gives the human being the ability to live through the Nefesh of Bahamas. And likewise, the world at large, God wants the world to, live, to exist. So therefore, God gives energy to the world to exist, but they're merely props in God's plan for the world to finally be a dear Ptachtainim. So therefore, God, so to speak, has to, God doesn't have to do anything, but he chooses to have to give life and energy to these existences and these created beings. But the Jewish person has the choice as whether he wants to receive the panemius relationship or this ucharayim, this, this superficial external relationship. And as Alter Rebbe explains, the relationship on the external level is so limited and so far-fetched removed that it in and itself is what allows the other person to feel completely independent and give space for the creative being to feel independent. 
Like, for example, in a business partner relationship, the two people don't feel um, beholden to each other on a deep personal level. There's no feeling where I have to give my time and, 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 and money and energy and with the other person. It's, it's barely a very, very superficial relationship. So each party remains fiercely independent and therefore they could turn into fights and so on and so forth. However, let's take a relationship between parents and children, hopefully even a, a healthy relationship between parents and children. So that type of relationship is something which there's no running away from it. It's not like there's an independence besides your identity as being the parent of this child and this child being the child of this parent or between a husband and a wife. The identity, the, the relationship is, generates an identity of me being the spouse to this person. And on that level, there is no, there's no space for any real independence. Doesn't mean that the person doesn't have a self, it doesn't mean the person doesn't have their own will or, or wants, but it's completely um, subservient, completely bottled, it's completely unified with the wants and desires of the other party. And that process, that idea, is the, the concept which Dal Trebi is explaining in chapter 6 between the side of Kedusha and the side of Kalipa, whether the relationship is genuine and unified and, and premius versus it's Ukharayim, it's external. And Dal Trebi explains this idea as, and introduces the concept that this is the idea of how the energies of God come Bechines Ukharayim is through the process of Tzimtzumim which we know the idea of Tzimtzumim is the idea of where the God contracts his light. The emotional citizens that's always used is the concept of a teacher, a teacher who wants to explain something to the students. So if the student is obviously far uh, lower on, on a level of intellectual capacity to understand the idea, so the teacher has to break down in his mind the idea to a very small, fine point where he feels the students will be able to understand it, and then finally give it off to the student. So what does the student actually get? The, get, the student gets a very, very watered-down, so to speak, version of the full concept, the full intellectual idea. And in that sense, the student could retain the information, but yet remain independent. It remains as if it feels like it got the student got the information and therefore it could retain its existence on its own independence. Versus if the teacher would communicate to the student a very deep intellectual idea, it will blow over the student, the student will be able to comprehend it, and therefore the student will be completely bottled, the student will be completely, in this case bottled means that will be completely loses Matthias. But in this case God wants that there should be an existence of this, 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 the human being, the world at large, and therefore God different needs to, so to speak, limit, minimize his energies, his ur, and therefore give space for, at the one hand, the thing to exist, because without God's energy, the thing won't exist. The thing won't be alive, the thing won't have any energy, therefore it won't exist. But at the same time, it exists, but it feels its own independence. So there's enough energy for it to exist, like in the business partner relationship, there's enough of a relationship for there to be the relationship with the partner, but at the same time, it, the partners remain independent of each other. So that's what al explains, that this concept of that the energy from God comes from lower, from levels to levels, in a way of chain-like cause and effect, with great contractions, or till the light, the energy, the flow becomes so minimized, the highest muya tachamiut to a very, very, very limited form of energy. Till this energy of God, which originally starts as an infinite energy, an eponymous energy, in order for it to, to evolve into an external, superficial, so to speak, energy, till the point that it becomes, so to speak, 
captured and, 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 and exiled within the independent existence of the created being. So at that point, the energy is so very refined, so very small, so very almost insignificant that again, at the one hand, it allows that it allows that the, 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 this, this, this existing being should not revert back to nothingness the way it was before it was created, meaning since it's been created, so really, what's its, what's its right to exist? What, what, what real life does it have? It doesn't have any life. The only life it has is the life that God gives it. So if God wouldn't be giving it any life, it wouldn't exist. So God has to give it life in order for it to exist. But that life, is that life force, that energy is very minimal. So on the one hand, it's enough to give it existence, but it's also just enough for it to exist and feel its own independent existence and not feel completely its source being connected on a deeper, premious level. And because of the fact that this is the way the light, God's energy, God's manifestation of energy reveals itself into this world, in this physical world, so therefore, that's why this physical world is called the world of Klippa. What is Klippa? We explained already in chapter 1 that Klippa represents this covering of the energy, concealing the energy, like a shell that covers and conceals the energy, the sitra achra. And furthermore, it also creates now a sitra achra, it, it, it creates the space, so to speak, for there to be negative energy, the energy of the sitra achra to flow wild, the, the, the energy of egotism. We know that egotism is, the, 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 is a very negative drive, it's, it's a self preservation drive, it's a self-survival drive, it's a drive to where the person wants to, as we explained in chapter one, is just focus on themselves, and that type of energy is there specific, more, more strongly in this physical world where the physicality becomes so strong and the world is identify, it identifies itself, the creations in the physical world identify themselves primarily physically, not spiritually, not godly, and therefore Therefore, most actions in this physical world are very harsh and evil, and the evil is more dominant in this, in this world. In other words, what the Altrebi here is explaining is because precisely this physical world is, is, has a very limited, um, minute amount of God's energy, so therefore it doesn't have a relationship, an opinionistic relationship. Um, with God, it's a very external, superficial relationship. So the energy is bigolos. So therefore, what is primarily the the experience? What's the reality? The experience? What's the consciousness of the creations in the physical world? Is is physicality? Is sitra achra? Is the negative drives? The negative energies? The energies of the nefesh Bahamas, The mere energies just to survive, just to exist. Imagine a person is living off a little bit of energy from a life force that is very minimal. So then the whole, the whole existence that it feels, it feels is merely the, 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 is merely the need to exist. And, and when you focus primarily on survival, as we explained in chapter one, that fuels an energy and a passion just purely for the physic, physical. And when you're purely involved in the physical, then you're, for full, you're more involved in acts, acts of, of, of riches, acts of, of, of improper acts and unholy acts. Now the Altarebbe writes, in the marginal note in the Higah, that in Hayah is despite the fact that within this physical world we have the Esesvirus Dasi of Kedusha. Kameshi Kosovets Chaim Sharmen Gimbal Ubesech Esesvirus Dasi Elohim Esesvirus the Yitzira Ubesech and Esesvirus the Sviris the Bria. Ubesech and Esesvirus Dasi the Shubsech and Erin Sofkotopus Altarebbe says, so you're going to ask that seemingly, despite all that, you have within the physical world, you have 
also the energies of the Ur and Sof, because the Seder Hishtashlis works, that in the physical world there's still the energies of the ten spheres of Asiya, which had of holiness, which has the ten spheres of Yitzira, the ten spheres of Beria, which has the ten spheres of Avatilis, which in them has Ur and Sof Baruchu. So it's Nimsa comes out that Ur and Sof Baruchu is Molekala Sazuatahtoin. So it comes out that in this physical world you also have the, the infinite energy of God. The Alter Rebbe says it comes like that. He slaps Shusay the Esther spheres that 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 He says despite the fact that there is still this physical world still has the infinite energy of God that is highly concealed. It's very deeply concealed. That's not what's conscious in this world. What's conscious in the world is merely the physical existence of things and not the deep infinite light of energy of God. The Rebbe now concludes chapter 6 by explaining that there's two levels of klipa. That this form of klipa, this form of energy that is concealing the energy of godliness to allow for there to be a self-independence, for the person to experience the physicality of the world and just focus in his conscious reality on the physical and therefore create a, or, or live a life of, of survival, of, of pleasure-seeking, of, 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 of not doing what God wants, not being incorporated into God's will and not fulfilling God's will. So he explains there are two levels of this type of concealment. There's two levels, one lower than the other. The lower level, there's the lowest level, which is the complete evil. Three, the three impurities, which are only are so bad, they then take cloud. There's no good whatsoever within them. Now, this is an idea that's explained later in Tanya that there is a good, but it's deep, so deeply embedded. The only way to get out that good is through eradication, is through destruction. The only way you could reveal that good is through complete destruction and annihilation. Like, for example, the destruction of Amalek. The only way to fully reveal their good is by fully destroying them. They're defined in the chariot of Yicheskel, the Yicheskel's vision that he saw the Ruach Sa'ara Ban Godel the So over there describes these forms of impurity. From these levels of impurity is Nishpois, Nishokis, Nafshis, Kol Umus, Evidulim. So who, what, what creations possess this form of impurity, this form of klipo that conceals the the energies of God to such a minute level, these are primarily the souls of the non-Jews, the Kim Nafsham, and what allows their bodies to survive, the Gufam, the Nafsham, their bodies and their souls, the Gopalichayim of, of all the animals, which are unkosher. It's so anything which is impure, anything which is unkosher, the foods which are unkosher, all of those things get their survival, gets the, get their life force from the three non three unholy um, which in other words means that's what makes them usser. What makes them usser, why can't you eat this food? Why can't you eat this animal? Why is it that non-Jews don't have any good to them is because what their energy that they get is from Gimel Klips is completely covered by this three levels of klipa which are completely concealing any energy of goodness, any energy of God within them. Or any light, any energy of force, life force of the non-kosher food that grows from the ground. Likewise, any life force of energy of any action, thought, or speech 
speech or thought which is of non-good, of, 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 of God's, against God's will, all of the energies that give and fuel these things are coming from the three unpure holy, three, the three impure states of klipa, which basically are such a deep concealment of the godly energy that it make, it's as if the godly energy doesn't even exist. And the only thing that exists is the physical side. So what comes out is that there is a side, a tzad sitra, which is so extreme, that sitra de kedusha, the side that's the other side, there's the side of kedusha, and then there's the sitra after the other side, the side of the opposite of kedusha, it's so dark and so concealed, of, so, so minimum, it has such a concealment on God's energy that it, 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 it strives on its own independence, it thinks it exists for itself, and therefore those things are forbidden, those things are not, are not something that a Jewish person is supposed to partake in, and the only way to actually elevate them is through full eradication or full destruction. So now we have a little bit of a deeper understanding and appreciation for this concept of Kedusha and Klippa, and the powers of Kedusha and Klippa, this force, this dual force in the world. Either we connect to the Kedusha side and therefore become connected to the Pneumius, the deeper Pneumius relationship with God, or we get connected to the Klippa side, which is the opposite, which is a very watered down, superficial relationship, and even not even a relationship. It doesn't even feel like you're in a relationship. It feels like you're just merely existing and you're unsure where the source of your existence comes. You think your existence comes from the physical existence of the world, and therefore you strive to live more from the physical world, because that's what you think is what gives you energy, and you indulge in eating and in pleasure-seeking, etc., etc., versus when you recognize that your real energy and the truth of, of life is about being connected to God, so then you connect yourself to the side of holiness, which means complete devotion and giving oneself over, complete, communi- com- com- uh, complete commitment and complete self-nullification in the sense of unification. Nullification here means unification within godliness to be a vehicle through which to spread God's energies within the world.